Have you ever struggled with wanting to know what God's will is for your life, what your purpose and your calling is? If God just told you what to do, then you would have clarity and how to move forward. Well, today, my friend, guest Clint Byers from Forward Church and Forward Ministries is here to clear up confusion about discovering God's will, purpose, and calling for your life. I know what he has to say is going to encourage, inspire, as well as challenge you. So go grab a notebook and pen because you're going to want to take notes and then also share this episode with a friend because we want to help you thrive and move forward into all that God has for you. And I also have a free resource for you. I want to help you grow more confident in hearing God. So if you go to my website, lauriksnyder.com, that's L-O-R-I, letter K, S-N-Y-D-E-R.com, you will find a free resource that I put together for you. It's a PDF to help you practically hear God with confidence. So go grab that for free. And then also, here's a way that you can be a blessing to me. Uh, would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review for me? Go to the Created to Thrive podcast page and scroll down to see the five stars rate me, and then leave me a review of how this podcast has helped you in any way. That would be a tremendous blessing to me. All right, thanks. And let's get on with the interview. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. All right, friends, well, welcome back to the Created to Thrive podcast. Today, I have a very special treat for you. I have my friend, Pastor Clint Byers, and I met Clint a year ago when I went to um, an overflow conference, and he was one of the speakers, and I quickly had ears to hear what he had to say. He had a message that is near and dear to my heart, which is really all about having an intimate relationship with the Lord, knowing your identity in Christ so you can fulfill your God-given purpose. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you a little bit. Yeah, so you are lead pastor of Forward Church in Atlanta, as you say. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta, there's no Georgia. T. There's no T in there. At Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> now Sarah has a T, uh, uses a T's because she's, you know, from Chicago. But if you're from Atlanta, there's no T's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, I'm a Midwest girl, so I would say Atlanta, yeah. but okay. Right. <laughs> and you and Sarah, your beautiful wife Sarah, who's a good yes. friend of mine now, she you've been married 25 years. 25 years last week. Uh, yeah, last week. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. And you have a beautiful daughter and a son. And your daughter, uh, Sydney, is my boy's age. In fact, she's a little, a few months older. She just turned 20, if I can say That's that. That's right. I know, 20. <laughs> my goodness. And your son is going to be a senior in high school this coming fall. Yes, so. yes. A whole new phase of life for us. But yeah. we're excited about it. You know, when, when you're younger and you think about being this age, if you think it's going to be so old. But I mean, really, in some ways, we're just getting started. Some of the dreams that are in our heart and part of our calling. So we're excited. Yeah. 
And I can relate because I'm about six months ahead. Well, actually, it would be a year ahead of you because I've been we've been empty nesters now for almost a year with our boys having mm-hmm. their finished their first year of college, our twin boys. So you um, why don't you just share a little bit about your story? Because this is what resonated with me, because I did not grow up in church and you yeah. did not grow up in church. So how did you start your faith journey? Well, it's a wild story and it, it's really a whole other conversation, but I'll, I'll give you the, you know, the, the short version. Um, I grew up in a household where, you know, my dad owned bars. He was gone a lot. Um, he was a successful businessman, you know, he was a functioning alcoholic, functioning substance abuser. Eventually in high school, got to the point where I would actually do drugs with my dad. Hmm. But, you know, when you hear that, you think degenerates in a shed with everything's broken down, but it wasn't that way. He was very, it was, you know, it was almost socially acceptable in his circles. So, you know, the, the, the ethic and the moral that I was given was just skewed. And, and so it, it had me thinking, well, drugs aren't bad. This way of life, this, you know, plus he had a side gig of, uh, he was a bookie on the side, oh. you know, so there's a lot of <laughs> cash business happening. So you know, my model was if you can get away with it, then go for it. Um, so that's just how I grew up and it, and it led me into drugs, which I felt like I was in control of until I had a crazy wild experience, really a demonic experience, started hearing voices. These voices actually convinced me to believe that I died. And I literally lived for about six months believing that I was dead and in an alternate version of reality. Um, and, and in that process, my rationale, my logic was, well, if demons are real and if the devil's real, then God must be real. Who is this Jesus and where is he? And, and in the midst of that, I started to become aware of the presence of Jesus, you know, didn't know to pray, didn't know to do anything, didn't know to go to anyone because we didn't go to church, just had no grid for it. But Jesus became very real for me. And, you know, I tell people Jesus discipled me for the next several years um, until I found scripture in a good church. And, you know, uh, it, it again, like I said, it's a it's a whole story. Sure. And I've got a book out there called Devil Walk mm-hmm. where I talk about the whole story. But, yeah, that that's kind of that that was the beginning of my faith journey. Okay. So you are an author of six books and what, so how did you come to really having a deeper understanding of the true nature of God and then your identity in Christ to be able to have a whole new way? So you weren't just trying to change your behavior or not sin. So what was it that caused your transformation? And one of the things too, we will have another podcast on this because I do want to talk about your tools for transformation, because this is something that I purchased uh, last year from Mm -hmm. you that was so powerful. And I actually have a healing testimony from listening to one of your meditations, uh, biblical meditations. So we'll talk, we'll have another podcast talking on that because I want to clear up so much goofiness and and demystify what the enemy has stolen and hijacked uh, for what God intended. But um, what was it? So how did you come into this really intimate relationship to where you um, knew God's word and your life was transformed as a result? I think it was just how God, how, how Jesus treated me from the beginning. You know, there was no, my, my experience is out of the ordinary, but my interaction and my relationship with Jesus was solely based on how he treated me. 
And in the, in the midst of, you know, my darkness and, and coming to realize that I had created my own mess and, you know, I, I was my own problem. God was not doing this to me, not allowing this to happen to me. Um, and because I hadn't been churched, those questions didn't even really enter my mind. It was, you know, when you, when you go through something like that, this, you see that spiritual side, you realize, oh, boy, I'm, I'm accountable and I have made a mess, but Jesus in the midst of that was very kind to me, Mm -hmm. never condemned me. He just kind of always seemed to be there. And when he, when I would think about him, I was comforted and feel felt better. And, and then eventually, you know, months and years into it began to be challenged. And I, I think he was, it was a slow process for me, but as I began to be more, um, challenged, I guess, by his invitations inwardly to, you know, leave this behavior or quit speaking that way, or, you know, it's time to change your mind about these kinds of things. And and I remember wrestling with, well, goodness, I don't know. I don't know if I can live that way. You know, if he, he would invite me into, you know, not doing drugs or whatever in the beginning. Uh, it, again, it, it's kind of a long story, but, but really the short answer is just this he was just kind to me and walked with me and was very patient with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I began to discover the word, found a good church, which is a whole nother story of how my mom met the people who were pastoring this church. And it's just a, it's just a God led um, journey into meeting this pastor in Atlanta named David Michael. And I just remember going to his church, not knowing anything at all and, and watching him preach And, you know, he never taught on calling. He never taught on, you got to find your purpose or anything like that. But I remember after being there probably six or eight months, I remember watching him preach one day and I, and just inside me, I just knew that's what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Hmm. And and it just hit me. I, you know, there was no course, there was no class. I can't say God told me, I just knew it. Hmm. Uh, So that, you know, that's compacting a lot down into, uh, a short version, but yeah, I appreciate that. Cause I know we hadn't discussed that you were going to share much of your testimony, but I think it's so right. powerful because my heart is to give biblical applications so people can see what does that look like in my everyday life and mm-hmm. not just quoting scripture, just to quote scripture, but to really understand, oh, it's the goodness of God, the kindness right. that you were talking about that leads one to change directions, to change the mm-hmm. way they think. And the gospel is the good news. And I right. find that so many people, and myself included, never heard the gospel. I got scared into heaven because I did not want to mm-hmm. go to hell. It was fear-based, which is not right. the gospel. The gospel is right. a gospel of peace. That's an invitation to what you're talking about, that love and kindness and loving God's loving kindness towards us. So, right. And I, I think, you know, what, what kind of launched me into where I am now is out of that experience. Um, I had to find something that worked for me. I had to find something that worked. I had to find solutions. It wasn't just, I went to a kid's, you know, a youth camp and I was, hyped into receiving Christ. I was, I felt like I was facing life or death, Yeah. you know? So Christianity for me from the beginning has been, um, a relationship with a loving God mm-hmm. who actually will help you overcome your, your self-imposed chaos. And, you know, so pastoral ministry or even ministry in general for me has been a journey 
through helping people engage the word of God, knowing how God feels about them with the expectation and the intention to out of the word, I will find things that will actually not just give me a standard of what I'm supposed to do, but if I treasure it in my heart, if I hold it in my mind, the word of God will actually produce transformation within me. And there's a responsibility to that, but there's also a beautiful promise to that. And so that, you know, that that's my whole thing is just trying to help people frame up who that, how they see themselves through what Christ did for them, and then take the responsibility to go into the word, meditate on it, which I know we'll talk about another time to the point that it actually changes you. Uh, and, and, and it's possible, you know, we don't have to live stuck with the same sin habits forever. Yeah. Amen to that. Because I was one that I kept crying out to God to change me, thinking that he was going to do something, but Mm -hmm. it really was understanding the love and goodness of God towards me. And I had to be, I had to learn how to be a daughter, his daughter and whom he's well-pleased, whom he loves then I could understand, oh, this is the life he's invited me into. And what I love about, um, let me just plug your church right now, because I listen to your church as much as I can online. So I know there's a lot of people, especially uh, my listeners, that don't really go to church right now. You know, COVID changed the way we do church. But I've always said we are to be the body of Christ, not to go Mm -hmm. do church. And so if you're looking for a community of like-minded believers, and I know we say that phrase, but what does that mean? But just what you were talking about, Clint, that if you're hungry to have that intimate relationship with Lord and be with a community of people that are likewise, you have an online church community. So even if you're right. not in the Atlanta area, they can, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they can be part of your communities. Can you just talk about Absolutely. that real quick before we sure. get into your book? Yeah. So the, the way to find it, so there's two main websites. I, my personal websites, clintbyers.com, tons of resources there, but the church is Forward Church. And so it's forward.church. That's the website. Um, you can find uh, our YouTube channel, but then we also have a Facebook group that is, gosh, I think there's over 900 people in there now. And we're yeah. very strict of who we let in yeah. because I don't want debates on theology, like you said, it's, it's like-minded people. And it's really a discipleship group. There are hundreds of people in there from all over the world that do not have a home church, but really feel connected, have gotten to make friends with other people in this group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're starting to level up even more of the discipleship opportunities that we offer in that group, because, you know, church, it, I don't think there's a substitute for face-to-face, you know, worshiping with people in the same room, but not everybody has that. There's, you know, I get it. If you don't have a church, if all the churches in your area are condemning, I I get it. You know, I I wouldn't go either, but yeah. So we just try to be that safe community to really, uh, you know, offer discipleship opportunities and, and real connection. Yeah. And it is, it is powerful and you interact with them. It's not just a group that you have. You are actually yes. in there interacting. So yeah, you I'm can, friends with these people. Yeah, yeah, and you pastor them in right. that way as well. So like you said, it's not a replacement for face-to-face, but the reality that we have is people aren't going to church as much as they want, and they want to grow and de- develop the intimacy with God and their identity in Christ, and they're going to get it yeah. from your church. So um, anyway, so let's talk about your book just because of the 
the, the time that we have left. You could, you know, with your background, you've got, you're such a wealth. And what I love about your, and I'll put the show notes uh, in the show notes, I'll put the two links for clintbuyers.com and then your Forward Church uh, link as well. But you have so many resources for free available, as well as you have books, you have courses, and I know you're, you're always creating more and more um, and your tools for transformation. But what was the driving force behind you writing this book called Who Do You Love? And it's all about being driven by your identity, not by a performance. Right. What was behind that? What, what, what drove the, the writing of it uh, was, you know, years over a decade of pastoral ministry, sitting with people in an office face to face, trying to help them. Uh, have clarity on what God was calling them to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I think it's a blessing that I wasn't raised in church because I didn't have a lot of the indoctrination in terms of how people typically approach that subject. But what I noticed just through conversations and relationships is that people were hung up on this idea of what, 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 what does God want me to do? Right. Why was I created? Mm-hmm. What is my purpose? And so, you know, it, it took me a while to kind of figure it out, but I recognized people really have this belief that God created them to do a job for him. Right. You know, like the reason you exist is to, and this is improper in my view, the reason you exist is uh, God created you to fulfill a specific role and it's your job. And so let's call that the will of God or your purpose. It kind of gets commingled. Um, And so your job is to figure out what that is. What's the job description that God wrote in heaven before he gave you life on this planet? You got to figure out what am I supposed to do, God? And and if you don't do it, he's not very happy with you. And if you do finally figure out that bullseye of the will of God for your life, then he'll be very happy with you. And then you still might not be happy with life in general and it may be boring and you don't like it, but that's the will of God for your life, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And and I just saw people stuck, just stuck trying to genuinely, you know, people that love God genuinely trying to figure out why am I here? What, what am I supposed to do for you, God? Mm -hmm. You know, that is such a, a, a huge point because so many people are saying, I just need to know what God's will is. Yeah. If you tell me, God, what your will is, then I'll do it. Right. And they they really can start condemning themselves because they haven't found it yet. Mm-hmm. So talk about that then. What's- yeah. So so I, I, you know, I feel like God showed me a few things. And in Revelation 4.11, uh, it basically, the, the, the idea is that God created everything for his good pleasure. And then Luke 12, 32 tells us that it's his good pleasure to give you his kingdom. That's right. You know, so to summarize it, I would say uh, the reason God created you is, is to give you his kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think of it in terms of family, he's a loving father. And you ask any, you know, well-adjusted, healthy set of parents, why did you have children? It wasn't so they could work the farm or... <laughs> you know, be a source of income or take care of them in retirement. It was because, well, these children were an expression of our love for each other in our marriage union. And it's the same way with God. We are an expression of his love Mm -hmm. and he didn't have children with the expectation 
of us completing a job or a task for him. We are the expression of his love, yes. uh, of his, you know, that Trinity union births love. And we are the children, you know, the object of affection of, of that union. Yeah. Now, you know, there, there is a lot to be said about calling because now that we are his children, every, every parent wants their child to be a productive member of that family and then also a productive member of society for the sake of the kingdom. So there are things that God wants us to do, which I, I label as our calling. But as far as purpose, you know, I make the, I personally like to make the distinction that your purpose is to be a child of God. Right. In other words, the reason God created you, the reason you're breathing air on this planet, living this life is, is for one reason only. And that's because God wanted you as his child. Yeah. I, that's your purpose. And so as soon as you recognize through Christ, God is my father, your purpose is fulfilled. And then we're created Ephesians says that we're created unto good works. Right. So out of that identity of knowing I'm his expression here on the earth, I'm mm-hmm. the conduit of his love. Right. So I want to go and be an expression. Absolutely. Because if I know my identity is love, because God is love and I'm his, mm-hmm. I then am going to go be love and do loving things. Would you agree with that? You, you will you will express the heart of your father. Yes. You know, you you genetically you have the traits of your father, and that is to go love people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, then- it, it's it's Sorry, go ahead. No, that's in your born again spirit. And that's right. why that inner working, like when, when we're going to talk about the biblical meditations, mm-hmm. that's what's going to help you work that out. It's an inside right. out. Yeah. So, you know, the book, I do ultimately bring people to the point because I do want to help people find yeah. their calling. Right. But I, but I just want to make the distinction before we talk about that that, you know, your purpose is to be his child. But now that you know his, you're his child, now that you know that you are safe in him through Christ, absolutely there are things that God wants you to do. Yeah. And it, primarily to go announce to people that it's safe to come to him. You know, that mm-hmm. Second Corinthians 5 um, commission that we all as believers have as we walk in that ministry of reconciliation to go into the world and tell people, God's not holding your sins against you. It's safe to come to him. He's reconciled himself to you through Christ. Now you can go and reconcile yourself to him. And so we are all just agents of uh, walking out that ministry of, of reconciliation. But in, in the book, I do have a process right. to help people identify who they love. So to me, God, what do you want me to do is the wrong question. Right. The question I think really is from God asking you, well, who do you love? Mm -hmm. And then out of an expression of your heart to love people, he will guide you and show you the steps of how to live that out. Um, You know, so, so it's more of a collaboration between you and God walking out love for people. And, you know, so I I like to use Moses as an example, Mm -hmm. you know, Moses trapped in slave or or, uh, raised in the Pharaoh's, um, you know, family kingdom and comes to realize that he's a Jew and recognizes that, that, that these are his people. And so he takes it into his own hands to try to deliver these people. And of course, you know, leaves a trail of dead bodies and runs away for 40 years, hiding in the desert, thinking I blew it. God could never use me, but you know, it wasn't about him in the first place because, you know, I make this point in the book and I, I love this point 
And it, and, and when God showed up to Moses and, and, and laid out to Moses, his calling, it wasn't about the primary approach from God toward Moses was not about Moses finding his purpose or fulfilling his role. It was all about God wanting the people that he loves to be delivered from slavery. That's right. And so he asked Moses to help him. Mm-hmm. Moses could have said no sure. and, and, you know, missed that calling, but who he was as, as in the family of God still remained. But, you know, if you go back and you read that story and I, and I have a chapter dedicated to this, where I kind of elaborate on the whole scenario of the burning bush. And it's even on the cover of the book, people yeah. sometimes wonder, well, why is the burning bush on there? Well, it's like, well, that, to me, that's, that's where you discover your calling and your calling is a collaboration of moving in love toward people with God because he loved them first. So there's a point in there where God says, I want you to go get my people. Mm -hmm. I want you to go rescue my people. These are the people that I love. Mm -hmm. Will you help me? Mm -hmm. And that's what a calling is, is taking God's heart toward people and going and telling them, how he feels about them, especially when you have the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, knowing that he's a good father. So calling is not about, again, you know, like I I like to say, it's not a job description that God pinned in heaven before you were born. Uh, Your calling is a, a, a collaboration of your love toward people that really God loved first and cares about them more than you do. But, you know, we make calling about well, I'm going to build this ministry or I'm going to accomplish this thing, or I'm going to feed this many people, or I'm going to do this and I'm going to change the world this way. And I'm going to build this legacy and praise God for accomplishment. I mean, you know, good works are amazing, but, but it's about people. If we're, if, if we're not restoring people into a loving relationship with God through Christ, then what are we doing? If it's not about relationship, if it's not about the hearts of people, knowing God's love for them and experiencing deliverance through this grace that he gives us, you know, lavishly because of his love for it. If it's not about rescuing and redeeming and restoring and delivering people, restoring God's family, then, then what are we doing? We're just building things. Right. We're just making stuff. And, and, it, and, and I, and I think people get off course that way. Yeah. Yeah. You have so many great points in there and, you know, Jesus was moved by compassion Right. And that moved is where he had to. Like there was that compelling force right. within him that pushed him forward, so to speak, caused him to move forward, no pun intended. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, so there's, and you, in the book, you take them through that process. And so just for, you also have a course too that they can yes. go deeper in with this. Correct. The course is, it's kind of a, you know, kind of a one-on-one with me. The course doesn't add a, so there are, if you, if you get the course, it has the ebook in the course. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you get the book there and then I have some extra exercises, kind of some meditation exercises and, you know, just practical exercises. But, um, yeah, so the courses, you know, some people connect with the course, some people just like the book. Mm -hmm. But the book does have um, steps laid out uh, as if you're sitting in a coaching or counseling session with me and I were to to walk you through this. It's the same process I walk people through one-on-one that I put in the book. And, you know, it's introductory, 
but I still think there's a, enough meat there for somebody to really engage and, and really come on the, come out the, you know, so the book is not a promise to help you find your calling. The book is a, a, a recalibration of your thinking of your purpose, yeah. rooting it in your identity in him, yeah. affirming that first, and then inspiring you asking, you know, ask a series of questions, simple questions, and, and kind of make some suggestions of how to make an action plan mm -hmm. to get moving toward people motivated by love, right. uh, which I think along that path, you will discover your calling. Yeah. You know, so, so it's a nuance in that get moving, mm -hmm. be motivated by love. Here's some suggestions of how to narrow down that path and how to start. And along the way, keep your heart open because, because God will lead you. Yeah. He just will. Yeah. And in the book, I, I use Moses as an example to show Moses tried to get out of it. He was confused. He didn't believe in himself. He didn't think, you know, he's questioned God, but God led him every step of the way. And he ultimately fulfilled the purpose that, or the, you know, the, the thing that God wanted him to do, uh, doubting all the way. Right. Right. <laughs> it's, well, it's inspiring. And, and you have, and, it, and it's a great book. And, and again, it's not a formula, but you help right. people walk through that process. And our faith is a journey. We're all mm -hmm. coming from different points. And so you're helping them with giving them, um, again, that foundation of who they are in Christ. And in chapter four, you've titled it Living from Your New Creation Identity. And that yes. alone, people just need to camp out right there. Mm -hmm. Because I know so many people still struggle with, I don't understand that it says I'm a new creation in Christ. What does that actually mean? And then how do I have the mind of Christ? And and how am I being transformed into the image of him? You know, so it's such a rich foundation right there mm -hmm. that helps establish you to where you can take that step of faith forward. And I always say God is the GPS system. He's our God positioning system. He'll do <laughs> the corrections, right? That's right. If, if you take, and, and this is where I think so many people get condemned, and I know I was one that I had church leaders uh, in the past say, oh, you've missed it, Lori. You've gotten mm. off track and you've missed and, it. And that's a whole nother aspect of the conversation is the guilt yes. and the and the paralyzing state people live in because they've been told that exact yeah. thing that you, uh, that you just said. Yeah. Here's another one. Well, you're in God's okay, permissive will, but you're not <laughs> yeah. in his perfect will. Why don't you talk yeah, about that Yeah, you're in the good will and you maybe you're in the acceptable will, but what you really want to be is in the perfect will. Right. Well, you know, and, and I address that in, in the book. Uh, I think those are three adjectives describing the same thing, yes. that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. Yes, because it doesn't say good or acceptable or perfect. Right. It's all. So I think that's where so many people can help get, you can help them get unstuck in mm. that because there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And like you said at the right. very beginning, it's his loving kindness towards us. And that is what is going to cause us to take those steps of faith. So is there anything else that you could say to anyone struggling with still that performance mindset that, that they hear what you're saying and they want to live out of those in Christ realities, that God's kingdom is active in their life, but yet they're still, still kind of hesitating or struggling or not quite sure what that would look like for them. Sure. And that's, you know, that, that is the final frontier for the believer in Christ for the Christian. And that is uh, mind renewal, you know, so where I would go with that quite line of questioning and, and way of thinking would be into 
um, beginning to engage a process where you are intentionally persuading your heart of your identity in Christ. Yes. You know, you're not, you're not trying to convince God to do something for you or make something happen. You, you are looking at God's heart in that he loved you before you ever even could love him. He, he took all the steps towards you to uh, adopt you into his family. And through the death, burial and resurrection of Christ, there's so much in there to look at, you know. So, for example, just one that pops in my mind is, um, you know, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Yeah. You know, that that's a whole you could spend a year meditating on. I am the joy that Jesus was thinking about that caused him to allow himself to willingly be arrested. And so, you know, th th this, this goes in another direction, yeah. but I'll do this quickly. Yeah. So when I'm helping people adopt and, and be emotionally moved by God's heart toward them in the area of identity, I walk through, um, you know, what Jesus did. And so, you know, just imagine for a moment, Jesus willingly allowed himself to be arrested. He didn't have to, he could have walked away from that. You know, he prayed in the garden. I don't want to do this, Lord. I, I, I don't want to this, you know, nevertheless, not my will, but your, well, why did he say not my will, but your will? And what was God's will? Well, God's will was you being in his family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God's will was you being in that eternal loving relationship with him. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus laid aside his fear his temptation to, to, to not follow through with the plan of being crucified, experiencing the grave and then resurrecting because of you. Yeah. And, and, you know, so you just have to attach massive amounts of significance to why God did what he did through Christ, knowing that it was solely for you. And I've, you know, you hear this and it, it makes for a good feel good moment in a sermon but when you also talk to people who have had encounters with Christ, a lot of near-death experiences, people will have this encounter, and Jesus will say something very similar, you know, over and over. And he says, "I, if it had only been you, I would have done this just for you." Yeah. yeah. And I remember there was a point, and I write about it in my book, Devil Walk, where, you know, that was a very real thing that happened between me and and Jesus. But, you know, so anyway try to bring it back to answer your question, people are struggling. Uh, you, you have to look at God's heart through the lens of what Jesus went through in his death, burial, and resurrection to the point that it moves you inwardly and, and, it, and, it, and, and you feel, you personalize what he did for you. Yeah. And you do such a great job with that, and that's why I want to talk about this in future. But we have to lay that mm -hmm. foundation of your identity in Christ. And I love what I wrote a couple things down that you said when I first met you. You said, you hear and follow God better than you think. Yes. And that you help believers develop confidence to take those steps and to follow God. And that is so powerful that you help people. Because I think a lot of times, too, and, and we're running out, so I don't want to start another. I'm a sprinkler, so mm -hmm. I don't want to go in that rabbit trail. But <laughs> what is so... I'll just talk about your church real quick. Because you do that in your sermons and your in your service, not your sermons so much, but during right after worship. You allow people to have that personal encounter with the mm -hmm. living word. So they can gain that confidence to say, oh, 
I did hear something, even though I didn't hear it with my audible ear, I felt it inward and it produced peace or joy or a fruit of the spirit, so to speak. How, go ahead. Yeah, well, and, and, and again, it's a, you know, I used the illustration uh, or the example. I, I wrestled, you know, elementary, middle, high school, and we would do drills every day for hours and then we would wrestle and you would drill those mat drills for an hour, drill those takedown drills for an hour so that when you're out there in the actual match, you didn't think about what you needed to do. You just knew what to do because you'd been in that situation so many times. <laughs> so there, you know, there, the work of Christianity is to labor to, um, you know, persuade your heart of who you really are in Christ, yeah. just coming to where you are confident in in who you actually are, in who God recreated you to be, you know, and, and, you know, we both um, really love and appreciate Dr. Jim Richards ministry, right. who talks about the heart. Yeah. You know, I graduated from his school yeah. and uh, have been highly influenced by his work on the heart. Sure. And so in the book and in, uh, you know, just really permeated throughout all of my ministry, the fact that we have a new heart that God has placed his spirit in us, and, and it has God's ways and laws encoded within it is a huge facet of living out our Christianity. And the, the point being in that, to your question, um, you, once you know what this new heart is and it's no longer wicked, uh, you recognize, you know what, God, God has changed me from the inside out. And this, heart, this new heart that he's given me knows how to hear God. So then I go into this idea of, you know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Mm -hmm. And I, I rephrase that. And I say, when you know you're a sheep, you're going to follow him. Yeah. If his sheep know his voice, then if you know that you're a sheep, you're going to know his voice. You know, so the, gosh, there's no short answer to that <laughs> because it is a process, but the process is rooted in being confident, uh, unshakable in your identity in him, no matter what you're feeling about yourself, about your past or your current behavior, mm -hmm. uh, not letting yourself have any other thought about yourself other than what God has expressed through what he did through Christ. You have to affirm to your heart constantly uh, that this is who I am. And, the more, and so the more confident you are knowing who you are in him because of what he did for you to make you that way, you then can begin to trust the desires that rise up out of that heart to move and follow them. And you, you actually can get to a point where you don't question um, what, you know, the idea that rose up in your mind and in your thinking, well, is that the will of God? Or is that the enemy? Was that just me? Was that the pizza that I ate last night? You know, you, you get out of that immature mindset of yeah. wondering, well, is this what God wants me to do? Right. And you, because you're confident in knowing who you are in Christ, you can then begin to trust your own motives and desires. And as you step out on those and you build a new track record with yourself yeah. of acting out on those desires that are loving and, and there's parameters, you know, loving and they're biblical and, right. you know, we're trying, we're, we're shoving a lot into this can here, but <laughs> you can get to a point where you trust the desires that are coming out of your heart because you are a child of God and you are motivated by him and you're not stuck spinning your wheels, questioning every decision. Yeah. If it's what God wants you to do, yeah. you can live that way. Yeah. 
And that is so powerful. And that is a teaching. I mean, that's a huge, deep well right there that we could go into. You know, Psalms 37, 4 is one of my favorites that says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will actually change and influence your heart to do what he and be everything he has for you that is just going to give you that joy and 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 uh, richness that Jesus came to give us that life in overflow and it's not right. just for us but it flows over onto others which goes back to the whole thing of our purpose is to be his child to be an expression of him and release his life light and love yes. in everything that we do so all right, for we could just keep going on and on, but I know we're we're um, pushing on time here. So, um, if you want more of this, like I said, uh, Clint has his Forward Church online is so powerful, and I am blessed by it every week. And you just did a series. One of them, I always say that God's not mad at you, and you just did a, a yep. message on that. And mm-hmm. that right there alone, if people could get, and again, I always say it's not just a Romans twelve two. You can't just be renewed by the or transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's that establishing your heart in the yes. reality and truth of God's word of his kingdom, his domain here on earth as it is in heaven. And that is a process. And you do such a great job with that, not only just in your church, but in all your uh, teachings and resources. So again, I will have that in the show notes. But could you just pray to close us out, Clint? Sure. Father, we thank you that you're with us, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. You are the very source of life inside of us right now. So we just acknowledge you. We thank you that you're leading us as just a byproduct of your presence within us. But just in this moment, as Lori and I are sitting here chatting and, and those that are going to listen after, I just thank you that you, you are seeking to love people through us. You're not interested in us uh, completing an assignment or fulfilling a goal as our justification for existence. We don't have to justify our existence to you by fulfilling a role or completing a task. We are the child of your affection. We are the expression of your love in this earth, and we are safe in you. And as we rest in you, we do ask you for guidance. We ask you for clarity for those things that you would call us to do, like Moses. There's people out there that need to know how good you are. There's people that need to know your love for them. They, they need to know the simple gospel message and they need to experience your power. Yeah. So Father, we yield ourselves to you, rooted in knowing who we are in you. And if, and if we don't do it, you love us anyway. Yeah. You're not disappointed in us, but we get to participate with you, with your spirit in this earth to announce the good news and the, and the power and the sufficiency of your kingdom. So Father, we just yield our hearts to you. We open our minds to be led and taught by you. We thank you that uh, you're leading us into opportunities to be a blessing to other people. And we say, yes, mm-hmm. we say yes to your leading and we, we give you permission to, uh, to, to lead us in any way that you see fit, knowing we're safe in you, but desiring to make an impact on this world for your kingdom. So we just thank you. We yield to you. We trust you and we love you. I just speak a blessing over uh, this audience and, and Lori's ministry and Lori and Fred's ministry as they step out into this. I know that you're listening to this. Those of you that are listening, you love them. You appreciate them. 
so we just thank you for blessing on this ministry. Thank you for using these audios and the books that they're going to write and all the things that they're going to do uh, for your glory, that it's rewarding and enriching and fulfilling and fun for them. But I just thank you for motivation and clarity and strength and grace and desire and, and all of that stuff that just helps us accomplish the things that, that we do want to use to impact this world. I, I thank you for them, that they're a blessing and that you're continuing to bless them. And I, you know, I, I just even, I, gosh, I don't usually like to pray very long, but I just, I just see people being motivated, you know? So I would, I would say if you're listening to this and you've been inspired, I take the step, take the step in Jesus name, take the step. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Clint. I, I know that we can, this will be a replay over and over because there were so many deep nuggets that uh, mm -hmm. we need to sit with and really go into the heart and, and have discussions with the Lord over that. So thank you for your time and You're for welcome. your wealth of knowledge and wisdom. So until next time, we bless you.